series today and it's uh, probably a little different today will be anyhow because I thought about uh, some things over this week and 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 Holy Spirit began to talk to me you know we live in in such a world of chaos and when everything should be calmed down, it's like we've got viruses and politicians and uh, uh, we've got all this craziness that seems to be going on. And the thing is, it, 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 what happens is, is when we come to church or we're trying to live our Christian life or a place that should be peaceful, it's not even peaceful anymore. And, and, and so... As, as Holy Spirit began to talk to me, he, he told me this. He said, my kids have put way too much on themselves. Yeah. Trying to be involved with things they shouldn't be involved in. Yeah. Trying to do things they shouldn't be doing. And did you know that when God called us into our relationship with him, he actually called us into rest. He called us into rest. Serving God is supposed to be restful. It's not supposed to be strife and it's not supposed to be turmoil and it's not supposed to be all this da 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 da. And so for the next few weeks, I know at least four, we're going to talk about rest. And this whole series is going to be called The Rest. And, and, and I thought about it and there is a subtitle on there. I don't know if you can see it. It says, what if we're doing kingdom wrong? We're not doing it wrong as in we've done something wrong to it. But what if all this stuff we're trying to make happen is actually not what God wanted us to do in the first place? And so we want to look at some things. And <clears throat> he began to talk to me. Let's go to Psalms 23. In Psalm 23, probably the most famous verses ever. Everybody's read them. Everybody's quoted them. You go to every funeral, they quote these. But you know, this is the life of a believer. This is exactly what a believer's life, Idra, is supposed to look like. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I don't want anything. When, when, when he's our shepherd, then that brings us to a place where we don't desire anything else. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down Ooh. in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. This doesn't sound like a whole lot of work to me, Dave. This doesn't sound like a lot of work. What do I do? He leads me. He makes me to lie down. See, some of us want to run around and sometimes God wants you to lie down. Said he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. This is what serving God is supposed to look like, folks. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Mm. <laughs> Verse 4. And even though, see, I want to tell you all something. That song we, we were singing, I Will Not Fear, you notice it had a lot of this in it. That's one that Ron wrote, okay? He didn't know what I was preaching today. God's trying to tell you all something here today. He said, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. See, fear's even a work that you're not supposed to be doing. Try it over here because this side didn't get it. 
Fear is a work that you're not even supposed to be doing. <laughs> even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. How long? This doesn't sound like a hard life at all. Well, I just can't live the Christian life. How many times you ever heard somebody tell you that? Well, maybe we've shown them the wrong Christian life. Try it over here. Maybe we've shown them the wrong Christian life. Because this is what our shepherd does for us. He says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the presence, in the house of God when everything's going good. When there's not a virus. <laughs> no. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, we have shown people the wrong Christian life. This is the life we need to show them. This is the life we need to say, hey, it really, it's not that bad. It's not hard. Uh, it, matter of fact, living for God's probably been about the easiest thing I've ever done. Why? Because he did all the work. Amen. Now, for you, amen, you might want to wait till I get done with this. Now, go back and I want to read verse 1 and 2. And I don't think it's going to be on your screen. But I'm going to read it out of the expanded version. The expanded version says it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I will lack nothing. He lets me rest and makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me to calm quiet waters this is what God does for us folks did you realize that in today's society there are 40 million documented cases of people dealing with anxiety 40 million cases of people dealing with anxiety and we want to hand them a God that we never really know where we stand with him? That's not leading nobody to peace. We want to lead them to a God that's angry with them and mad at them. And Well, man, well, you're going to get comfort in that. But what if we showed them a God who says, I'm going to take you to where the waters are calm. I'm going to take you to where you have all you need. I'm going to take you to the point where you lack nothing, you want for nothing, but I will give you mercy and goodness to follow you around every day of your life. I'm telling you what, if we would show them this shepherd, if we were here today and somebody rolled up on these 20 acres here and this guy says, I'm a shepherd, and his sheep are worn out, they're matted, they're scrawny, they're skinny, they're just shaking, you know, and it looks like he's beat every one of them. Would you want to follow that shepherd? No. <laughs> Nobody wants to follow that. So all this anxiety, everything that, 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 that is so attached 
in the United States today. Fear, there's pressure, there's self-effort, there's striving. I got to do it right, I've got to do it good. We've told them all, all, all growing up, if you don't do everything right, God will get you. Come on. Am I the only one that heard that? You know what we did? We made God an enemy. Mm. Breathe. I'm telling you today, serving God is a rest. It's restful. It's peace. It's this. It's living in this kingdom. It's living in this shepherd. It's letting him live through it. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Rest can't be scriptural. There's no way rest can really be scriptural except for the fact that Jesus invited us to rest. Go to Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. We're just laying foundation today, folks. Matthew 11 verse 28. Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy and heavy bur heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. The whole purpose of bringing people to Jesus is so the fact that they can have rest from the turmoil of the life they've already been living. Yes. Jay was talking about it. That wasn't life, was it? That wasn't living, it was existing. Yeah, he was breathing. But God wants us to come into a place. He says, you've tried it hard enough. You've worked at it long enough. You've tried to be good. You've tried to do everything else. So just come on over here to me and I will give you the rest you've been looking for. Oh, mercy. But the hardest thing we have about coming into this relationship is because the church has made serving God all about service. Y'all, y'all gonna have to wake up. This sounds good, isn't it? We've tried to make serving God about service, not about entering into His rest and allowing Him to work in us. You say, "Well, I don't have to do nothing to serve God." Didn't say that. Don't get ahead of me. You'll get disappointed here in a few minutes. He said, "Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden." I want to give you the definition of rest. Do I have it up there, Bobby? Maybe I don't, maybe I don't. Rest means to cause, I probably don't, Bob. It means to cause or to permit a person to cease from any movement or labor in order for them to recover and collect their strength. So rest, when God says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he said, I am going to permit you to quit moving. Just to sit down, just to take a breath, collect your strength, collect your ability, collect your mind, collect yourself. Vine says of this, of that rest, he says, rest is not a rest from work, uh-oh, but it's a rest in work. It's not a rest of inactivity, but of the harmonious working of all the faculties and affections of your will, of your heart, of your imagination, and of your conscience. 
because each has found in God the ideal sphere for its satisfaction and development. See, serving God is about coming in and you find in God the place where you are completely satisfied. Where he's meeting your needs, he's doing what he said he promised he would do for you. Go to Isaiah 32. Isaiah 32 verse 17. Isaiah 32 verse 17. It says, the work of righteousness. Uh-oh. The work of righteousness shall be peace. Well, I'm going to work out my righteousness here. Okay, then you need to be at peace. This is the same as rest. The work of righteousness is peace, shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, the effect of you being righteous is quietness and assurance forever. My goodness, folks. This is, this is salvation I'm talking about here. This ought to fire you up. Yeah, but we've got to go out and we've got to pump. Not according to this. That the work of your righteousness should be peace and the effect of righteousness should be quietness and your assurance forever. Go to, back to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, take my yoke and learn of me. Well, maybe that's our problem, David. Maybe we haven't learned of him. Because if we would take his yoke, you know, a yoke is a piece of, of work. It symbolizes work. They put it on ox so they can guide an ox around. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. The whole idea of salvation is being at rest in God. Now wait a minute. <laughs> Our problem is we don't ever want to tell people this. It can't Michael, it can't be this easy. It just can't. It can't be this easy. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly at heart. And you will find rest. That's where God wants you to live. That's where he wants you to be. In a place of rest. Not striving, not worrying, not fretful, not fearful, not doing all this other stuff that we've worked ourselves up to. He want, it can't be that easy. Jesus said it is. <laughs> this is written in red in most Bibles. Verse 30. For my yoke is easy. In other words, the work we do for the Lord is easy. <laughs> for my yoke is easy and the thing that I'm asking you to carry my, and my burden is light you ever heard it's just too heavy I can't, can't serve God like this it's because we've told him about the wrong God <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4 I can see how this is going to go because people get real uncomfortable 
When you start saying, it can't be this easy. I, 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 we went to a, a, a church camp one time, and, and I, or, no, this was a youth group, and I was ministering, and I led this girl into that great salvation, man. She didn't know anything about God, had never talked about it. And I was telling her how good God was, how good. I said, he already loves you. You can't, you can't help that. He, he can't change the fact. He already loves you. He's just waiting for you to love him back. Amen. And so she decided she's just going to love him back that day. She comes to me the next Sunday. And she said, I don't think that worked. I said, Why? She calls, I went home and I told my grandma and she said, it's not that easy, baby. He lied to you. I didn't say it, Jesus did. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me and you will find rest. Hebrews chapter four, verse, uh, the first part of verse three. The first part of verse three, go ahead, Bob. For we who have believed have entered what? Rest. I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to light some of your loads this week, these next few weeks. We who have already believed, have you already believed in here? Raise your hand if you already believed. Then you've already entered the rest. Why are you still striving? Why are you still working so hard? Why are you still trying to make it work out right? I've got to beat myself up. That's something the old monks did. When they would whip themselves, no, that's not how God expects you to live. He says, for those of us, Paul's writes in, in Hebrews, if Paul wrote Hebrews, most of us think we did, he did. He says, for those of us who have believed, we've already entered into rest. Well, then why am I not feeling like this rest? Because you keep trying to do something else that God's not asking you to do. Everybody okay, right? Go to verse 9, Hebrews 4. He says, Therefore, a rest remains for the people of God. Yes, it talks this much about rest in the Bible. It's scriptural. A rest remains for the people of God. It's not self-striving. It's not self-effort. It's not self-works. It's not pressures to perform. See, all of those things, really what those are, those are patterns of unbelief. Try it over here. Those are patterns of unbelief. What do you mean? You don't really believe in the salvation that God provided, so you still think you have to continue to do things to make sure it's like, it's like picking a flower. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. Throw that one down. Let's try this again. He loves me. <laughs> no, he says, for those of us who have believed, in verse 3, he said, for those of us who have believed, we have already entered into this rest. Verse 9, he says, there remains a rest for the people of God. Amen. Now, go to Romans chapter 14. Yeah, 14. 
We're going to talk about kingdom living for a moment. If you're keeping notes. We're going to talk about kingdom living. So what does the kingdom of God look like? Well, Romans tells us. For the kingdom of God does not mean eating and drinking. It's not a set of rules. He said, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, if you're reading King James. It's not about eating or drinking, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, does that sound like work at all to you? Well, I can't be righteous. The word says there is none righteous. No, not one. I know. But I don't live on my righteousness anymore. Because 1 Corinthians has already told me that I am now abiding in the righteousness of Christ. So in God's kingdom, it's just righteous. I am sure. Hey, 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 hey. Be sure of your righteousness. God made you righteous. God did it. You didn't do it and nothing you can do can do it. God made you righteous. So that's part of the kingdom is settling in your righteousness. I'm good with God. I'm good with God. I'm good with God. But I messed up, Brent. You don't know what I've done. You don't know who I did it with and you don't know where I did it. That's okay. I'm just telling you right now. When the word says that when, when we come before him where we've blown it, the word says that he is faithful and to just... You know what's so funny about that in 1 John? Everybody thinks that was written to people who don't believe. And we tell them. People who have not accepted this great salvation, we tell them. All you have to do is believe. For if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. He wrote that to Christian people. He wrote that to people who already believe. So if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you. What's it, if he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, what's he make us? Righteous. So if I'm going to operate in the kingdom of God, I'm going to operate in the kingdom of God knowing that I am good with God. You want to see something funny? Say that right now, out loud. I am good with God. The loudest church I've ever heard say it. Of course, you've heard me preach this stuff for a long time. Because most of the time you hear people go, because it makes us nervous. How can I be good with God? I haven't done enough, read enough, prayed enough, sang enough, shouted enough, danced enough. How can I be good with God? I'm good with God because God made me good with God. For the kingdom of God does not mean eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and it's peace. Well, I just can't get no peace. Then you're not living in the kingdom. You're operating outside the kingdom. Oh, come on. Come with me. It's easy. Peace should reign in your life. This is the rest of faith. This is the rest that God promises. And it's joy. I just can't find joy. Then you haven't found the kingdom yet. <laughs> or you're looking outside the kingdom when every, everything's happening behind you. Come on. But the kingdom of God 
is not about eating and drinking, but it's righteousness and it's peace and it's joy. That's how hard the kingdom is. I don't know anybody who wouldn't follow this. Except Tyler. <laughs> Have a good day, bub. He has to go to work. Righteousness, it's bad when your son-in-law leaves on you, isn't it? <laughs> it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy. Who wouldn't want that? I thought about it when, when Brent was up here talking. We need to tell, it should behoove us. And, and like Ron said, we should be convicted that we've not told people the real Jesus. The righteousness, the peace, the joy. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Oh, no, no, let me tell you about Jesus. He's right. It, you have a right standing with God. You are going to have total peace in your life, and it's joy. My goodness, it's joy. We ought to be the silliest, goofiest people known on the face of the planet. It's joy in the kingdom. Well, I'm not having in my Christianity. Then get rid of your Christianity and find a relationship with Christ. <laughs> Verse 18. For whoever serves Christ in these things, in what things? Righteousness, peace, and joy. Whoever serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. <laughs> Folks, we serve Christ by choosing works of righteousness. We come in good standing with God. By choosing peace, the quiet tranquility of your mind, we become acceptable to God. By choosing joy, we become acceptable to God and man. This is what the world's looking for. What the world needs now. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And they are, all we have to do is show them the real Jesus. Come on. So, back to Hebrews 4. Oh, we're still in 4. Back to 4. Look at verse 10. Hebrews 4, verse 10. In case you're writing that down. Hebrews 4, verse 10. And whoever enters his rest will also cease from his own works as God did cease from his, as God did from his. So whenever we enter into this rest of God, guess what we give up? Our own works, our own striving to make God love us, our own striving to make ourselves right with God, our own hope that someday I'll do the right magic spell and it'll make God love me. No, he says, when you have entered into this rest, you will cease from your own works. In the Old Testament, folks, it was full of works. It's, it's all this stuff laid out. But how many of you know that Jesus fulfilled the works of the Old Testament? So relying on our own effort and our own strength is striving and struggling. And this is, folks, you know what this is? That's a cycle of defeat and that's a cycle of frustration. And that's why for most of our lives, we've seen churches, Perry, with revolving doors. They'll come for a while, then they mess up, and they think God doesn't love them, so they leave. And after about 20 years, they get so guilty because mom won't leave them alone, 
I'm just telling you what happened to me. I faked a fight with my mom just to get her off the phone so she'd quit asking me about church. Because all this stuff does, it leads us into a time of striving, a time of frustration, and when we feel like we can't live it right, guess what? Hold, hold on to your chairs. I'm going to give you the biggest revelation you've gotten today. You can't. You know why? You're not perfect. Ron will mess it up at some point. Brent will mess it up at some point. Sally, you'll... <laughs> But you know what? It's never about me. It's never about Ron. It's never about it's, it's always been about Jesus. And in that rest, he makes us righteous and we choose it. Now, this sounds so good. It sounds so great that we all of a sudden develop this mindset. Well, then we don't have to do nothing. Ephesians chapter 2. We love verse 8 and 9, don't we? For by grace are you saved through faith. It is what? It's a gift. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And then we go to verse 9 because it just gets better. Not of works, lest anybody should boast. So let's settle this right now. Salvation is not about works you perform. Holding on to salvation is not about works you perform. Amen. Well, now wait a minute. I don't know. Just give me time. If it was ever about works you perform to maintain it or to get it, then Jesus wasn't enough. Right? So can we at least say Jesus is enough? Yes. All right, and most of us stop right there. But verse 10 goes along with these scriptures, guys. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Because of this great salvation, it should be producing works out of you naturally. It should just be something that you do because your life has been totally changed, totally radically resurrected and now I'm not trying to maintain my salvation because of good works. What I'm doing now is I'm performing good works because I'm saved. <laughs> because of this great salvation now, these things are just now beginning to come out of me. Our problem is the church has tried to take these things and make them rules and not produce. We've tried to make them rules and not produce of our godly life. So I want to look at the works of rest. In other words, this is what our lives should naturally be producing. Is it okay if I teach today? So what are the works of rest. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. Bear with one another and forgive one another. 
one of the first things that should be happening out of you is forgiveness. Forgiving each other. Because guess what, Amy? At some point, I'm going to make you mad. And you know what? Because of your relationship with God, you know what it should do? It should produce the fact that I'm, you're just going to bear with me and you're going to forgive me. That's the works. This is what, but I can't forgive somebody. Then you need to do some work. Come on, try it over here. I can't forgive. Then you need to do some work because this is the works of salvation. Bear with one another, forgive one another. And if anyone has a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, so must you do. That's a work of salvation. That's a work of rest. You shouldn't have to work on it. Yeah, I know this is hit hard. I shouldn't have to work on forgiveness, Matt. It should just come. But guess what? I'm human. It doesn't come that easy. Sometimes I'd rather just punch you in the throat. <laughs> but I have to work on that. See, this is the work of rest. It's forgiveness. Go to verse 18. Verse 8, or 14, I'm sorry. Verse 14. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of what? Perfection. So love should be natural to a believer. That's a work of, of, of rest. That's a work of rest. Love. I know, I hear you breathing hard. I can't love you don't know what they did to me. I'm just telling you, you need to let your salvation work. And when it works, you'll love them. And when it works, you'll... I'm not saying that you'll ever be close again. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you can forgive you can love. Why? Because it's natural for you to do. And if you would just rest in your salvation, you know what that usually shows when we have real trouble forgiving somebody is we don't really know how well God forgives us. Amen. So forgiveness and love. Let's go on to First Peter, yeah, First Peter chapter 2. I'm telling you, there are works that come from being a believer. The works happen, but they happen out of rest. First uh, uh, Peter chapter 2, uh, where are we going? Verse 12. First Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Live your lives honorably among the Gentiles. Oh, there's a work you need to be doing. Living a life that others who don't know Christ, who have not accepted this glorious salvation that's already been provided to them. It's already been provided. There's nothing they have to do to get it. We live a life that is honorable in their eyes. Here's a toughie. So that, the, oh, I'm not there yet. So that those who speak against you as evildoers, go ahead, Bob. They shall see your good works. Oh, so there are works that come with this rest. Hmm. And thereby glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, here's the toughie. You ready? Verse 13, submit yourselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake. Pin dropped everywhere, Jamie. I'll talk to the soldier back here. He understands submission. Pin drops everywhere. 
submit yourself to every human authority for the Lord's sake. But man, you, you, you know the type of world we live in. I know the type of God I serve. Uh, I know he said this, not me. Moving on. I told you when I said this, it'd get quiet. Submit yourselves to every human authority. This is a work of rest. Whether they be king as supreme, we don't have kings in this country, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and praise to those who do right. For it is, verse 15, for it is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. <laughs> Most of us show ourselves foolish in the sight of ignorant men. Okay. Verse 16. As free people, do not use your liberties as a covering for evil, but live as servants of God. Verse 18. Here are the works of rest. Honor all people. Even the ones you disagree with. Here's a kicker. Even the ones we don't vote for. Honor all people. Thank you. I'll high five you. I don't even know your name yet. I'll high five you at your service. Don't go nowhere. <laughs> Honor. That's God. This is God. This is a, I have to work on that one. I know it's called work. <laughs> Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Second Timothy. Go to, where are we going, Bobby? Second Timothy what? Second Timothy 2.15. These are the works of rest. These should just come out of you. These should just happen. Here, here's, a, here's a good one that should come out of your relationship with God. Study to show yourself approved. A workman who needs not be ashamed. Am I right reading that right? I'm, I'm quoting one version and there's probably another one on the screen so you have to. Study. Bible study, it should just come naturally to the believer, Dan. Yes. You should just, I don't ever want to read my Bible. Well, you need to work that out. Yes. Man, if, 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 if I was away from D and she wrote me a letter, don't you think I'd read it? Yes. I'd devour that thing. When my dad was in Vietnam, my mom would send him cassette tapes so she could, he could hear his voice. She wrote him letters, sent him pictures. Folks, God has written us a letter. Amen. And then he told us here, study to show yourself approved. Your Bible should look something like this. Yeah. Mine never did. You're a lot neater than me. <laughs> <laughs> study to show you. It should just come. It should just happen. But the Bible's so boring. Then find a translation that's not boring. There's tons of them. Study to show yourself approved. A workman needs not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. If it can be rightly divided, guess what else it can be? Wrongly divided. And if you don't study it, 
you'll never be able to use it. Come on. These are works that come with rest. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. We've already covered this one, but I want to read it again because we love 22. And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, have faith in God. For whosoever, verse 23, for whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he says and we shout, but we never read verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your sins. We want to read the name it, claim it verses, but we don't want to read here's what you do verses. There's a lot of work at rest, but it's what should come naturally. It's not work. I'm not trying to work this thing up. It's just that I'm just not doing it. How about 1 John chapter 4? Verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. For love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God. He that loves not... Oh, go on verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Sometimes you got to let dust settle. He who, I can't love them. Then you do you really know God? I didn't say he wasn't going to take you to heaven. I'm just saying you don't know him. (laughs) He who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. Folks, there are works that come out of this rest but it's not striving works this is stuff that just should happen should be natural to love should be natural to forgive well it's not I know because we've not really entered the kingdom because the kingdom is righteousness and it's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost go to Matthew chapter 25 these are works I'm not telling you okay make a list and make sure you do all this I'm telling you this should what be natural in your life what should be what should be I'm yeah this is what should come natural I'm not there yet guess what I'm not there every day either Sally but wait I'm working on it Matthew 25 he said when did you see when did you see a stranger when did we see a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you and when did we see you sick and in prison and come to you and the king answered truly I say to you as you have done it For one of the least of these brothers of mine, you have done it to me. You know what a natural work that should come from this rest? Is the fact that we want to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit the prisoners, set free the captives. Folks, these are works that shouldn't be hard for us to do. Oh, they might cost us a little bit of money. You all do know it costs money to run Harvest House. Okay, so what's a little bit of money? I got a call this week that a young lady who picked up some toys for her children, her unborn child, let me put it that way. She called her mommy and said, do you think he would baptize me? You better believe we will. 
every dollar, every hour, every second was worth it all for that. This is the works of rest. This is the works of rest. Oh, and Jesus says, when you clothe someone, when you feed the stranger, when you visit the sick, when you go to the prisoner, this you're doing to Jesus. James chapter one. Well, I just don't, I, I just float through life and don't do nothing. It's not what God called you to do. It's not what God called you to do. Verse 27 of James chapter 1 said, Religion that is pure and undefiled is this, to visit the fatherless and any widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained by the world. You want pure religion? It is never, ever going to be just about you. It's going to be about what we do to the world around us. I'm going to close right here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 through 11 again. And this is the start off of this series called Rest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. Therefore, a rest remains for the people of God. For whoever enters into his rest will also cease from his own works. Folks, let me tell you, I didn't give you all the works. Jesus told his disciples, go do some things. But what was it done? It was done out of a place of rest. So we're going to cease from our own works just as God ceased from his. And let us labor Verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall into the same pattern of unbelief. So if we're not into that rest and it's not producing the works, some of the works, again, I didn't give you all of them that we've talked about today, then it's a pattern of unbelief. Let us labor to enter into that rest. Oh, folks, such a joy to serve God. Amen? Amen? Again, it doesn't let us off the hook of just never doing anything. There are works that come, but there are works that should just come to us naturally if we really submit ourselves into the will and heart of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Father, you are glorious and grand and holy and righteous and just. And just to know you is an honor, to serve you is a privilege. And so, Father, today, let us enter into that rest. Let us begin to do the works that come from that rest, Father. Let us do these things that you've instructed us to do. And let us seek out Jesus' words for the things that he said, do this as you follow me. And Father, I know that when you gave it to us, they're not hard because you said the burden you ask us to carry is light. We love you, Father. You are glorious. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.